0: Thank you so much for coming back to Buffalo Rumblings on the Buff Hub. I'm your host, Steve Vega, and I am on daddy leave right now. Uh, my son's in the living room. You may hear some crying. He's actually been pretty quiet, so thankfully, you know, I got I got a little window here to <laughs> record with my good friend Ian from Jet Central. He runs a YouTube channel, and he gives amazing on-the-spot content, uh, you know, breaking news content for the New York Jets. So, Ian, how about you give your... A, a little bit of a background to our
1: listeners and, um, how long you've been a Jets fan and whatnot. Hey, well, first, first and foremost, thanks so much for having me on, man. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I, it's funny. I know the Jets and the bills are, you know, we're all supposed to be rivals here, but at the end of the day, you do great work, um, you know, doing what you're doing. And uh, I always love, you know, looking forward to it and listening. Uh, but yeah, to, uh, to answer your question, uh, I've been a Jets fan pretty much my entire life. My parents are from Connecticut and they ended up moving down, probably 25, 25 years ago, actually. And, you know, when I was born, I was born in uh, South Florida. So I was always kind of raised like, you know, the New York Jets were the good guys and the Miami Dolphins were, you know, the enemy and always kind of wanted to go against the grain, not really wanting to uh, root for the home team and just kind of follow along with who everybody's rooting for, if that makes sense. So that's kind of why and how I picked uh, the New York Jets to, you know, be my favorite team. (laughs) Oh my goodness. This is so crazy guys. So
0: Ian and I actually grew up in the same state and literally we have pretty much the same story. My parents, you know, we moved down from Buffalo, New York. I was, I was a toddler. Um, and it was the same situation. It was different for me though, because uh, everyone expected me to be a Tampa fan. And I was a Buffalo Bills fan. I feel like that's a really big thing in central Florida. I felt I, I had some Miami dolphins fans, you know, I ran into and whatnot, but, um, dude, I mean, we share that common memory of, you know, being in enemy territory our entire life. <laughs>
1: <I> know, <laughs> you know?
0: Crazy, crazy origins. No, for real. And having to go to like either a Miami dolphins game to watch our team or, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers game to watch our team, which would be like every six years for the Bills. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, man. Exactly, it's crazy. So, hey, I want to start off this segment for the Jets and Bills preview for Week One that I believe rivals are always upsetters. Look, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. The Jets were in position last year in Week One to destroy the Buffalo Bills. I could not help, but every time I watch the highlights of that game, my heart drops for an entire five minutes because I'm like, what in the world was going wrong for the Bills not to get going? Obviously, it was CJ Mosley. When you have a very solid middle linebacker dictating your defense, and then you have a really solid safety in Jamal Adams, It's very difficult to run the football and then hope that you can break something over the top. Now this is interesting, right? Ian, because what we have now is a New York jets team. That is in a lot of people's eyes, kind of in shambles. We don't know what they're going to look like. There's talent there though. I like Denzel Mims. I'll be honest with you. I thought the Buffalo bills were going to take him in the draft. They did not. Um, we ended up taking Isaiah Hodgins with a similar skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of saw Denzel mims coming out of the draft looking like almost like a mini a j green you know yeah, uh, yeah, very smooth out of his routes uh one on ones just very competitive, but let's get into this first question, Ian, because there's so much to dissect about week one, but with all the moves the jets have made and where everything's you know coming together now. What are you expecting out of the Jets' offense versus the Bills' defense in week one?
1: Right. So, I mean, first things first, you have to take a look at what Buffalo is presenting on defense. And, like, let's just be honest, it's absolutely stacked. One of the best defenses in the NFL, if not the best. I mean, safeties, check the box. Corners, check the box. Um, Linebackers, defensive line, edge edge rushing help they have it all right the bills have it all and you know you also have to factor in they're playing at home and all that stuff and lizzie frazier's everything about buffalo is pretty much an a to an a plus especially on the defensive side of the football so if you're a team like the new york jets who you know very thin at wide receiver uh, a brand new offensive line and when i say brand new i literally mean brand new we have a new left tackle center uh, guard and right tackle. So four new faces and then the fifth, uh, you know, the other guard is going to be Alex Lewis, who was a backup last season. Uh, Brian Winters is actually with you guys. So to answer your question, I'm expecting the New York Jets to try to get the football out of Sam Darnold's hands quickly, often and early, right? Getting the football to guys like Le'Veon Bell in the flat, a guy who actually did really well against the Bills week one until for whatever reason, Adam Gase went away from him in the fourth quarter. I personally thought that Le'Veon Bell was doing his thing in the first three quarters of the game. And then when we have, you know, a 13 O lead, that's when Gase tries to outsmart everybody and, you know, go away from him. So I'm expecting Adam Gase, Sam Darnold, this New York jets offense to learn from their mistake, feed Le'Veon Bell, the football, get him in creative, uh, situations and just get him in open space to, to make plays. Cause he is still, I mean, I know everybody rags on Le'Veon and stuff like that. Like he's washed up. He's, you know, he's rusty and, and everything coming off the worst year. But at the end of the day, when you look at Le'Veon Bell, as just a football player as a running back. He's still really good. So target Le'Veon Bell, feed him as, uh, as well as Jamison Crowder, our slot receiver also to so our best wide receiver. So that's pretty much what I'm, I'm you know, expecting from this Jets offense. I can only hope. And uh, Adam Gacy, you know, he's such a wild card. So we'll see what happens.
0: You know, with everything you broke down, I can't help but look at the offensive side of the New York Jets roster. And I'm saying they don't have, they don't have scrubs. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is a stud. Brashad Perriman, I was watching him in Tampa for a while. And I was hoping that when he went into free agency, the bills were going to take a crack at him. We didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Chris Hogan, ladies and gentlemen, former Buffalo Bill, Super Bowl champion, is not a scrub. Jamison Crowder, quick. Um, you got weapons. And in a divisional rival game, anything can happen. You know, and, and that's kind of the approach I take to a divisional game. I don't think we're just going to completely steamroll everybody. You know, the bills, yes, we are stacked, but we have placed a lot of new pieces into our defense that are going to have to learn how to gel in a live game setting. If that weren't true, look at what happened last year when we brought in new wide receivers that were proven John Brown fast, became our number one receiver, Cole Beasley inside the slot, bouncing in and out. They couldn't get into a groove until the end of the game. So our defensive side of the football, it, on the defensive line, it, I feel like it's completely different. And if we do not win in the trenches against the New York Jets early on, we're going to have trouble throughout the rest of the game. And us losing on the offensive side, you look at you know, Feliciano. And then you look at the jets defense. I mean, there's going to be a lot of factors in the play, but how about we just jump into the next question here? So as a jets fan, because I don't think the bills fans have ever really gotten. um, I think some expertise from a jets fan on Adam Gase and the New York jets situation. I want to get into this question as a jets fan. Do you think most of the jets woes are Adam
1: Gase's fault? it's that's a great question, man. Um, my answer is a hundred percent. Yes. Uh, I, I know I might be, you know, in, uh, like a minority with that statement, but at the end of the day, you look at countless games last year where the jets were ill-prepared. They made mistakes. They didn't make halftime adjustments. The game plan throughout the week was horrible. Uh, I mean, how do you, I mean, we, we got humiliated. The New York jets got humiliated, last year by teams like the Miami Dolphins who finished, you know, with the top three pick, we went to Cincinnati and got humiliated by them. The worst overall team record wise, that's inexcusable. And I know a lot of people uh, point to the seven to nine record, you know, as you know, Hey, that's not bad. We're one game out of 500 and you know, that's, that's all well and good. But when you look at, when you break down the games, when you break down the losses, we got killed by really good teams, like playoff teams, and we got, again, humiliated by horrible teams. And I think when those two things are happening and you take into consideration that the New York Jets don't have a ton of talent, especially like looking back to, you know, regarding the 2019 season with the O line and, you know, the injuries all across the defense to guys like CJ Mosley and whatnot, the cornerbacks were completely depleted. Um, you know, it, it's just a recipe for disaster. And I don't the thing is with gates is you know you, you look back at his tenure with the miami dolphins and it's it's the same exact thing you have star players on the team wanting it's winning these random kind of anomaly games that don't really mean anything because you're already out of the playoff picture. And then he's doing enough to where he's kind of sticking around, kind of finishing with the six win mark, the seven win mark. Eventually we'll get to like the eight or nine or possibly a ten win season, but he's always going to fall in that range. And they're never Gase is just such a tricky guy to 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 kind of break down, if that makes sense. It, it, he's never good enough to make the playoffs consistently, but he's never horrible to just get himself fired immediately like a huge accident or something like that. But to answer your question, I do think there's so many issues with uh, Adam Gase kind of coaching this team because at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself one question. Do you envision your head coach of your favorite football team hoisting up a Lombardi trophy one day and with Adam Gase, the answer is no for me. I mean, you know, football is a great game. We, we, we don't know what's going to happen. He could turn into the next bill Belichick. We don't know, but as of right now, what I've seen so far and kind of me trying to, you know, project into the future, I, I'm not a believer in Gase, man, you know, what would, would be a shame would be if
0: Sam Darnold were to get benched this year because of a poor record. Let's say the jets go. 0 and seven Let's just hypothetically say that were to happen. Sam Darnold gets benched. Joe Flacco gets thrown in there. I mean, I feel so terrible for Sam Darnold. You know, (laughs) I don't think he's a bust. I really don't. I think he has really good arm talent. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's just had very terrible game planning around him. I really do agree with that. And I wanted to hear what you had to say, because when I look at Adam Gase, I look at one thing that I feel like he wears on his, you know, a badge on his chest that he can say for the rest of his career is I beat Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. This is so funny because it's a very interesting parallel to what happened with the bills acquiring Rex Ryan as a head coach. All he did was take them to two AC championships, right? You, you know, you know the history more than I do. And we end up picking him up because we feel like he's the one that we need to beat bill Belichick. When Tom Brady was on the field, we did not be, we did not beat bill Belichick plain and simple. And, you know, I I look at that and it's just like, I think GMs need to do a better job overall. Um, and, and the, you know, up top too, they need to do a better job overall in evaluating how to just bring in something fresh. Don't worry about Belichick. Right. Don't worry about the outside pressure. Worry about who's going to lead your team the way they need to be led. Who's going to gel with Sam Darnold? Who's going to be able to handle the big personalities? And you know, I feel so terrible to look at the Jets and be like, "Wow, you know, CJ Mosley opts out." Uh, you know, Jamal Adams going on—I uh, think it was Instagram Live or something like that—and just you know, showing off how he got traded to the Seahawks and. Uh, <laughs> I still think the jets are stacked for the next year's draft. So there's a lot in play for you guys. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to break that down um, a little bit because we have the time to do that. And, you know, I think it's very important. So with that being said, how about we get into the next question here? Let's talk about the quarterbacks in this game. What can Sam Darnold and Josh Allen do in week one to rise above all the criticism, all the criticism they've been under?
1: Oh man, another good question, man. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know because, I mean, we all know that Darnold and Allen both face a lot of criticism. And I think, uh, oddly enough that Josh Allen faces more criticism than Sam Darnold to begin with. I think that's just because, you know, because of the backgrounds and, you know, one's coming from USC, a fan favorite, one's coming from Wyoming. One was in the media all the time and one wasn't. So I think, both get criticized, but Allen definitely has a you know a tough time with it, and I can't really put my finger on exactly why. It almost seems like everybody wants him to fail, uh, almost like they're picking on the guy, and I, it doesn't really make too much sense to me. But instead of kind of framing this question around week one, I'll, I guess I'll kind of frame it more so focusing on the entirety of the season. Yeah. As far as Sam Darnold goes, I think he's going to need to translate his success into wins. Uh, if, if I I know you mentioned, you know, a second ago, if the jets go, zero and seven and he gets benched, like if that's the case, if the New York jets next season or, you know, start this year, year off winless through seven weeks, winless through October, then in my head, like I, you know, of course I'd want to see the details, but the, the, the final decision would be, I want to blow it up. I, I want to get rid of Adam Gase. I want to move on to another quarterback. If we are 0-7 next year, because that would just be a disgrace. So with Sam Darnold, I think it needs to eventually translate into wins. I don't know when that's going to be because I think this season is going to be another below 500 season for the New York Jets. I got to be honest with you. Yeah. As far as Josh Allen goes, I think he just needs to continue what he's doing. You know, continue to win these games, continue to, you know... Um, you know, rile the Buffalo Bills fan base and get everybody talking about them and, you know, play these games like Dallas, you know, uh, on Thanksgiving last year, go into. Dallas and and win and not only barely win by like a field goal, but like go rush, you know, for, uh, you know, pick up these crucial third downs, like with your legs and get everybody hyped up and just kind of like, let everybody know that Josh Allen's here and he's here to stay. So, you know, hopefully for you guys, you know, you can continue to make the playoffs and then by, at that point, um, you know, everybody will start putting a little bit of respect on, you know, Josh Allen's name. I totally agree with that. So how about I start this with um, Sam Darnold to
0: answer this question? I do think to protect his job, he needs to play the check down game all year long. He needs to feed Le'Veon Bell and really rely on Le'Veon Bell to get pressure off of him in the run game. Le'Veon Bell. If the, if Sam Darnold, is going to stay as the New York jets quarterback Levy bell needs to average at least four yards a carry, mm-hmm. or I do really believe Sam Darnold's gone. Um, I think it's going to implode. They're going to try to trade him. The jets are going to look completely different. Uh, they got a bunch of draft capital. It's, it's going to look ugly and then it's going to get better. Um, if that were to go sour, right? So because I do think when, you know, you lose, look, i I was a huge fan of Robbie Anderson and Bill's fans. If you don't remember in that week one matchup, Sam Darnold overthrew him by literally a yard and a half. And they probably would have won that football game one-on-one. I think it was Levi Wallace on Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson blows past him on a deep route to the left side of the field. And he barely overshoots him field goal game one. That's it we would be very bitter. Sam Darnold is not terrible. There's just too many, there's too many pieces around him moving around. Um, And, you know, I think that's unfortunate for a quarterback that I thought out of the draft. Look, I'll be honest with you. When I saw Josh Allen, Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold coming out of the draft, I was cool with having Sam Darnold or Josh Allen. And then Josh Rosen. I was totally cool with that. Um, You know, that's just my, take on Sam Darnold. It's really hard to pinpoint uh, you know, what exactly he's going to be able to build upon going into this season because of all the moving pieces around him. So the stability starts in the trenches. The way you get pressure off of your young, off of your young quarterback is by being able to run the football and play the play-action game. Now let's get into Josh Allen. Josh, if you are hearing me, we need to see the dimes. I'm done waiting for it. You're going mano-a-mano against some of the best defenses and the division's a lot weaker. You have no excuse this season. Throw the dimes. Trust your guys. You have Stephon Diggs. If he's one-on-one, we better be seeing the football get thrown to him. Make him earn his money. Don't be captain check down. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm standing by that because looking at the record ahead, he cannot play the checkdown game. For the Buffalo Bills, this is probably the most crucial year I can remember. Uh, you know, this, this, is, this is huge for the franchise. The New England Patriots have no one on defense. Everyone opted out. All their captains opted out. You have no excuse. So yes, this game is a very pivotal matchup because, uh, you know, with everyone that's, you know, moving around the jets and you have all these opt outs and whatever have you, he's going to have to be more aggressive and make smart decisions. So that doesn't mean forcing it into double, triple coverage. Um, you know, you're just going to have to evolve as a quarterback, Josh. I have faith in him. You know, I'm interested to see how he's going to progress this season. Uh, but I do believe that having John Brown as your number one receiver is pretty difficult if you're Josh Allen, because honestly I don't see, I don't see John Brown winning a one-on-one if you're throwing him a fade in the red zone. I don't, uh, you know, that's, that's just the way he plays. He's John Brown can stretch the field, but he's not going to win in the red zone. I have seen that time and time again. Yes. You know, he's, he's gotten a few touchdowns in the red zone, whatever have you. I remember against the dolphins where he just threw him, uh, I believe it was just a streak, uh, straight up the middle. Uh, but that's not, that's not what you need out of your number one receiver only. You need him to win the one-on-ones zigzagging out win when that fade route, uh, you know, inside the 10 and the 15, that's what I didn't see from John Brown. That's why now he doesn't have an excuse. You got your number one. Everything else around you is stable. All right, Brian Winters is, you know, getting in there for Feliciano. Big whoop. Read the blitz, make the, pl- make the pass, and, uh, you know, evolve. That's it. Um, you know, my, my expectation for Josh going into the season is, you know, it, it's pretty high. It's pretty high. Um, you know, I, I'm going to keep that pressure all season long. Because I, I mean, <laughs> the chips are on the table. I mean, the, your GM's behind you, your, your team's behind you, uh, you know, the entire fan base is behind you make it happen.
1: So, yeah, yeah, no. And sorry to cut you off, man, but oh, you're good. You're good. It, it's kind of funny because you know, everything that you're saying about Josh Allen and whatnot, it reminds me like a lot of myself. It's almost like, It's it's crazy because I'm a huge Josh Allen fan and I'm really, I feel like I'm pretty critical of Darnold, uh, you know, being the quarterback of my favorite team. And then here you are, you know, criticizing Josh Allen, kind of telling him, Hey, it's time to step up to the plate. And you really like Darnold, you know, from afar, maybe the grass is always greener, like who knows. But um, I definitely think it's interesting that we both kind of have these different points of view but at the same time, they're, they're almost the same. If that makes sense. Oh,
0: could you, dude, could you imagine if Josh Allen were on the jets? Oh, everyone. Oh, you should have imploded last year <laughs> because of the yeah. criticism with his accuracy. Uh, you know, it's it, his, a career would have been over Sam Darnold. Yes. He was not amazing, but coming out of the draft, his accuracy arm talent was, yeah, he wasn't the strongest, thrower like Josh Allen, but, uh, for some pe- for some reason, everyone just had a, had an affinity for him. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's a natural, you know, pocket passer. Uh, you know, that, that was really cool to watch. And, um, you know, I, I think when's the last time you guys had a natural pocket
1: passer? Was it Chad Pennington? Uh, like a, like a good one, not like a stopgap Thing yeah. because, I mean, because we had like fit like Ryan Fitzpatrick and whatnot for a year, and mm-hmm. or for two years, and you know, just like these random guys. But I mean, for, like our solid like last like franchise guy was was definitely Pennington. Wow, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's been I know. A while, I, I remember him watching watching him like as a little kid, and you know, to kind of think like all these years wasted. Well, not really wasted, like because you know it is a trial and error process, and teams go through rebuilds and all that kind of stuff. But you know, it is. And it's, it's definitely, uh, concerning and interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So how about we jump into the game a little bit more here with this last question? What is the key matchup you are most
1: interested in watching? Right. So there's actually a lot, but to kind of narrow it down to one, um, I'm most focused on Le'Veon Bell versus the Buffalo Bills defensive line. Um, I think, I mean, you touch on it, I touch on it. I think it's very, very important if the Jets want to have a shot in this game to not only control the time of possession, but to feed our best player on offense, the football, early and often. I mean, that's what we did last year. And, you know, we ended up, and yes, CJ Mosley did like leave the game with an injury, but. You know, when you go back and you watch the actual play calls on offense, it just turned into, you know, Sam Darnold dropping back and throwing the ball every single play. And then lo and behold, the Buffalo Bills come back and win the game. We got to ride Le'Veon Bell. He's the best player on the team. Just, I mean, obviously, we can't grind him out. Um, He's not in, you know, in the same position as like a Zeke Elliott running behind this dominant offensive line or anything like that. But, fee bell and let him go to work. And the Buffalo bills defensive line, I know they're, you know, on the younger side, I know they have a high upside with guys like Ed Oliver and whatnot. So I'm really interested to kind of see how this whole thing plays out. So let me ask you something real quick, Ian, before I get into my
0: side, who are you thinking? Cause you guys are the underdog now, right? And right. the other, and the underdog typically out of that group, there's always someone who emerges as a leader. Who do you think is going to emerge um, as like a, a leader for the jets,
1: um, out of this, uh, season. I think it's going to be And you know, I don't know if you, if you know the guy, um, uh, and I apologize if, you know, not many people do know the guy, but it's bless you on Austin. He's uh, a cornerback going into year two. He was a guy who was a really late round draft pick, uh, like a sixth round pick or a seventh round pick in, uh, in last year's draft out of Rutgers. And what ha- what ended up happening with him was he had a, really like an incredible college season, his junior year. And then he followed it up with a like horrific injury, right? A lower body injury, you know, causing him to miss his entire, like his, his last season at college. So not many people knew too much about him. He flew under the radar. The New York jets picked him up. And then with the, with, with the horrendous play of Tremaine Johnson and and Dale Roberts and, you know, of course the injuries Blession Austin actually got his chance to play. And this guy looked so good. Like he, I mean, I'm not saying he's Jalen Ramsey or, yeah. you know, whoever Stefan Gilmore, but you know, he definitely looked to me like he can be like a top 15, top 20 cornerback in the league based on you know, given the circumstance, giving, you know, you know, understanding that it was year one, it was his rookie season. He didn't play, you know, the entirety of his senior season. So I think, and, and by the way, he's also listed as the starting cornerback or starting corner for the New York Jets as we head into the season. So he already won the job. Oh, so wow. Keep, yeah, keep an eye on him. He's number 31. Uh, so I'm really hoping that he makes a couple plays. Um, so, yeah, I, I really do hope that he emerges. Now I got to watch the tape because I probably would have picked that as my
0: key matchup with Stefan Diggs there. <laughs> right, really, right. That's right. really good insight. This is why I have you on the show, man. I love your insight. Um, so. I want to get into my side here. I really think that, so you got Brashad Perriman against Tredavious White. We don't know how this is all going to play out as to where Tredavious is going to line up all game long because I don't believe at the moment the Jets have their true number one wide receiver. And that's going to be interesting to see how the Bills make adjustments, especially where they want to put Tredavious White Um, on the field. He just got his new contract. He's going to be playing with the big fire um, in his stomach. So, you know, it's going to be a very fun matchup. I think, uh, rivals are always the best games <laughs> to watch. Uh, you just never know what's going to mm-hmm. happen. It gets very fiery and look, there's no fans. This is, this doesn't feel like home field advantage right now as a Bills fan, this feels like uh, it's going to be an exhibition game almost. And, uh, it can go either way. There's, there's no crowd noise as far as, you know, what the Bills fans typically provide that can, you know, shiver, shiver his timbers, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. Bills, Bills fans get pretty, pretty wild. And, uh, you know, throwing stuff on the field, you name it. <laughs> so we're not going to have that. And, you know, I do, I do see that as a concern if the Bills do not um, impose their will early. So I'm going to close with this point. I think who's going to win the game is who gets off to a strong start and imposes their will. So if I'm the Bills, score quick, score early, score a lot because they're a rival. And rivals have a lot of tape on you. And if I'm on the Jets side, I would say rely on on Bell. Um, Ian, do you have any closing statements on the preview of this game?
1: Yeah, you want to give a quick, uh, quick little score prediction? <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Putting you on the spot, man. No, actually... <laughs> that's really good up uh, 27, 13 bills. Ooh. Okay. Nice. I'm going to go
0: 2013 bills. No way. Nice. We got super, we got super close there. Got super close there. I was thinking you're going to do like uh, maybe like a 24, 17 or something like that. Um,
1: well, to you know, be honest, yeah, to be honest with you, dude, like, I think, I think it's going to be really low scoring. I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Jets defense. I mean, Bill's defense is already loaded as it is. So I think it's going to be super, super low, uh, low scoring just like it was last year.
0: So you're saying without Jamal Adams, without Mosley, your jets defense can still provide some fireworks. I do think so. Yes, okay, I do. Well, that's fair enough. Fair enough. You know, um, you've definitely been the expert on the New York jets. So Ian, real quick, how about you tell everyone on the Bills side in Buffalo rumblings and everyone listening uh, where they can find all your content.
1: Yeah, so I actually, I know you mentioned it before, but I run a uh, New York Jet Space YouTube channel, kind of just going through the motions of, you know, previews and recapping games afterwards, Break covering all breaking news and all that stuff. It's called Jet Central on uh, YouTube fantastic.
0: And I look forward to seeing more of your content and everyone listening. Thank you so much for joining me on the Buff Hub. I'm your host, Steve. Get ready for week one. Get your wings ready. Get your Bud Light ready. Labot Blue, whatever you drink, I'm going to be ready. Uh, I'm bringing wings in. I'm bringing pizza. My dad's flying in to see my kid. It's going to get really rowdy. Um, kid's probably going to be crying as I start to cheer or you know, boo, whatever. But um, guys, I'm super excited for week one. Let's go, Bills. Let's have a good week. And uh, there we go. Go, Bills. Support for this podcast comes from Smart Water. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smart Water Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure, it's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.